those that think they cannot come to worship because they failed their God might get part of it right. But the word of our God reminds us, none of us can come before him, but he has forgiven. When they heard the word of their God, they recognized and they had to know, God restored us. God brought us back to our land. God let us build to the point where even our enemies are saying, God must be on their side that they could complete it in such a way. God was with his people. And it says, when the people realized and understood the words that had been made known to them, they began to celebrate with great joy. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. December 16th, 2018. Nehemiah 8. Verse 8 to 18. Often after completing a project, you probably get that enormous sense of well-being and joy and celebration. Just like a little child, when they put that last building block on top of their tower, gets excited. Probably when we drive that last hammer or make that last stroke of paint and finish a project, we're, we're filled with joy. Well, last week we talked about God working out that reconstruction project in the hearts of his people. Well, this week, today, we look at now what sort of joy that brings us to as God works that rebuilding and renewal in us. And we see that the Lord works joy in spiritual renewal. We see that this morning as we look at God's word from Nehemiah chapter 8. See, Nehemiah was someone that was involved in quite an extensive reconstruction project. He had been the cupbearer to the the king of Persia. But his heart wasn't in that. You see, he heard about his fatherland back in Jerusalem, and he heard about the ruin that had happened in Jerusalem, and how the city was still in ruins. So, having acquired the permission to leave and acquired a number of people to come and help him, he left, and he set out on a major project, the rebuilding of Jerusalem. When he arrived, he had some 40,000 people, along with another large group that came with him, ready to carry out that work. And yes, they faced opposition. The surrounding nations tried to discourage them. They even threatened them. But Nehemiah and the builders were determined. They had a sword in one hand to protect themselves. And meanwhile, they didn't put down the hammer and everything else needed to get the job done. And then, amazingly, after only 52 days they finished restoring the walls of the city. You can imagine that was cause for celebration. Everything had been restored and renewed. Well, had Nehemiah finished restoring Jerusalem? Was his work now done? He had, in fact, restored the walls and they had built up the city, but the restoration that was needed was more than just a hammer and stone. Jerusalem still needed a spiritual renewal. And so that's what he sets out to do. And that's what we see as we read Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah sets Ezra, the priest, and the scribe sets him on a high pedestal. And he has all the heads of the families gathered together as he reads from the, what's called the book of the law of God. 
And as Ezra reads those words, the people are listening. The Levites are teaching. And the scribes are explaining the word of God to the people. He's essentially describing what is a long church service that runs from daybreak until noon. But this is no ordinary book that he's reading from. This book of the law of God, written and recorded by Moses, was given by God himself. These are divine words. These are powerful words that bring just what they needed, spiritual renewal. It's the word of God that must be used for this restoration. Certainly we recognize that, right? If there's any change that's going to take place in spiritual renewal, that is our power. The word of the Lord is our strength. Ezra, reading from the word of the Lord, hits the hearts of the people. And it's the word of God that is needed to change hearts. That's something that our spiritual forefathers discovered and knew quite well. 500 some years ago, Martin Luther saw all the building projects that were being done in the church. In fact, there were quite a bit. Basilicas and cathedrals were being constructed by the Roman church. In fact, that's why the Roman church even authorized the selling of forgiveness of sins with pieces of paper. Those indulgences, as they were called, were used to pay for those huge basilicas and cathedrals. Luther learned you don't build the church with simply hammer and stone and finances. The church is built on the word of God. And for that matter, the church is built on the word of God alone. And so Ezra, the priest, the Levites, begin the building of God's church with his word. How the people respond? We read, Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the scribe, the Levites who were instructing the people said, Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Their spiritual reconstruction began as the word that they heard, the word of God, brought them to weeping and to grief. Certainly the people, as they heard God's commands and his word, knew they hadn't lived exemplary lives. They hadn't necessarily lived as their spiritual forefathers and fathers sometimes had. They hadn't lived as God had told them they should. In fact, so many of them scattered at the exile, had been living among the people of Mesopotamia, had been living lives that knew nothing of God's command and God's word. And the sad reality was, as they heard the word of God, they recognized how they had failed their God, and they had not lived up to his commands. And so, yes, the spiritual renewal began with weeping. And they knew, as they said amen to the word of God and bowed down with their faces to the ground, they did not deserve to be in the presence of God. How could they celebrate? How could they rejoice at a time like this when they knew they had failed their God? And they probably heard those words of warning recorded in the book of Moses. Watch out. Don't forget the Lord your God. Or disaster will come your way and you will lose this temple and this city. You know, it's that time of year when a celebration is coming our way too. We've seen the decorations and the preparations, the outward getting ready for that, probably one of the biggest holidays of the Christian church. 
And there are a lot of people who are planning to gather and to hear God's word and to celebrate a time of spiritual joy and renewal. But you probably know some people who at times feel as the people of Israel did here. People that maybe you you try to say to them as you try to help matters, you say, well, you haven't been to church for a while. You might as well come now and celebrate Christmas. And they know in their hearts they've not lived exemplary Christian lives. In fact, they've failed to gather around the word of God and to keep his commands as they ought. And we try to help by saying, well, you might as well come now to Christmas, but maybe it doesn't help as their hearts get cut further and they realize they don't deserve to celebrate Christmas like those as they see other godly people because they recognize their failures. Someone maybe you know who's had a spiritual lapse in following their God. Maybe a short-term lapse or maybe an extended lapse. And when you invite them to celebrate, they're filled with grief because they know where they stand with their God when they hear his word. And you and I, how can we claim to come to celebrate Christmas with hearts of joy when we read God's word? We know we haven't lived according to all his commands. Christmas is a time of celebration. Not if we listen to what gives us spiritual renewal. Shouldn't it be a time of reflecting on when we failed our God? Are we welcome in his house of worship to rejoice? Well, that's what we are to do. That's what Ezra and the scribes and the priests began to do. We have the power to make anybody feel welcome in the house of their God this Christmas season. We have the words to invite them to rejoice in God's word. No matter how long they've lapsed, no matter how they've failed, just as us, that they can come in the presence of God with rejoicing. This is what Ezra and Nehemiah said. Do not weep, for the people have been weeping. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be still, do not grieve. And we see how the people not only heard of their failures and sins, but found spiritual renewal as they listened to the word of their God, a time of rejoicing. You see, those that think they cannot come to worship because they failed their God might get part of it right. But the word of our God reminds us, none of us can come before him, but he has forgiven. When they heard the word of their God, they recognized and they had to know, God restored us, God brought us back to our land, God let us build to the point where even our enemies are saying, God must be on their side that they could complete it in such a way. God was with his people. And it says, when the people realized and understood the words that had been made known to them, they began to celebrate with great joy. God's invitation to the Israelites in Nehemiah's time, celebrate. Though you have failed your God and lapsed, celebrate with joy what he has given you and who he has made you. You know, you and I, we're not celebrating what these people celebrated later on. They're, they're within two weeks of celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, a time of celebration for the Israelites, a celebration prescribed for every native-born Israelite. We don't celebrate that festival, but like that festival which celebrated God's deliverance and goodness, we celebrate many festivals, and we're about to celebrate in less than two weeks the festival of Christmas, 
God's goodness for his people. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We come before God this Christmas season like the people of Israel, understanding what God has done. The word of the Lord made known to us. And God did wonderful things to restore his people. The Son of God did come to this world. And he was far more than like Nehemiah, the cupbearer to the king of Persia. He was at the right hand of the Father in glory from eternity. But he left all that to bring restoration. And far more than building the walls around Jerusalem, he built the church of God. And Jesus, the Son of God, came to this world to bring us from sorrow and sin to joy and renewal. Real spiritual renewal is found as the disciples and you and I look with them to see the Son of God on his cross, building his church. Every spiritual lapse, every time we fail to keep his commands, forgiven. And when the disciples should have been grieving as they thought, there's God coming to them alive, telling them to rejoice in forgiveness and to celebrate. That's what we celebrate at Christmas as we prepare to celebrate what God has done to restore us, his people. And that's what we invite others to come and to celebrate, to know the joy of the Lord is your strength. We read how the people here went back to celebrate and it says that the people day after day from the first day to the last read from the book of the law of God and they celebrated and they continued to celebrate And it was such a celebration, Nehemiah records, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day. And their joy was very great. No Sabbath, no festival had been like this festival, one which they listened to the word of their God, heard of their failures and sins, but found the grace and mercy that led to rejoicing. And so their celebration was like no other. If you know someone that needs to celebrate Christmas, bring them to celebrate like no other Christmas by helping them to hear the word of God, to gather around that word which alone brings spiritual renewal and strength, and to hear that word which alone brings rejoicing in his goodness and forgiveness so that Christmas can be celebrated by them no matter how long they've lapsed in hearing that word no matter how many times they've failed their God or how they feel about being welcome in God's house, invite them. Let them know this is cause for their rejoicing along with you and me in what our God has done. In the Lord, you find joy and strength for spiritual renewal. In the Lord, for those who grieve, is found spiritual strength and renewal and found celebration and cause for joy For those who believe, amen.